if you're thinking of going to see a counsellor or psychotherapist, it can be very confusing, can't it? Because there are so many people out there. And I think it's important for potential clients to feel comfortable and, and, and to be able to ask questions about what they're going to. And I think any reputable counsellor or therapist will be entirely open and willing to answer any questions. So however daunting it may feel, don't be, in, don't be put off about asking questions or making inquiries. So I think it's very, very important that you know what you're going to. There are often stories in the paper about people claiming to be therapists who are not. There was one recently, a guy called Carmen Baffer from Atlanta, who persuaded as many as eight of his clients to have sex with him, claiming that it was part of their treatment. He'd bought a PhD online, claimed to be a therapist, and although he wasn't a licensed psychologist, psychotherapist or counsellor of any sort. He wasn't the first, and he certainly sadly won't be the last, and given that people seeking professional help are sometimes in a very vulnerable place in their lives, and given that there are thousands of people, if not millions out there, willing to either work with them or exploit them, it's a good time to rehearse some of the questions that anyone seeking counselling or therapy ought to ask the person they're going to see. Having been a counsellor and psychotherapist in private practice for a number of years, I know from personal experience that very few potential clients actually ask these questions in the early stages, if ever at all. And I appreciate it can be daunting, but don't be afraid to ask in your first session Go armed with some questions and ask them and satisfy yourself that you're going to the right person. It's important to ask about qualifications. Millions of years ago, you might have gone to a dentist who felt they'd got a gift, a, a gift for removing teeth. But these days, you're only likely to go to a dentist who's had several years of professional training at a university. Ask your counsellor what level of training he or she has had. Ask to see the certificates if necessary. There are thousands of tin pot organisations offering certificates in counselling skills based on a relatively short period of superficial study. Personally, I'd be sceptical of anyone who had not had several years of study at a reputable university, and diplomas and degrees are preferable to certificates. Ask about membership of professional bodies. In the UK at the moment, although there are moves to get it changed, anyone can claim to be a therapist or a counsellor. The reputable ones, however, are all accredited members of respectable national bodies such as the British Association of Counselling and Psychotherapy, BACP. This means that in addition to their years of academic study, they've also had to gain several hundred hours of supervised practice demonstrating competency. Watch out for accredited membership. As a student, for example, you can be a BACP mem member, but only accredited members have demonstrated, amongst other things, both training and practical competency. I think at the time of doing this, BACP has got something like 30,000 members, but only 8,000 of those 30,000 members are accredited members. Ask your counsellor about membership of professional bodies, about the level of membership that he or she has, and about the criteria for determining that level of membership if necessary. Ask your therapist about the model of therapy that they use. What kind of counsellor are they? For example, person-centred counsellors are very different to cognitive behavioural therapists. Gestalt counsellors are very different to rational emotive behaviour therapists. Each school has a different set of underlying core assumptions and will encourage practitioners to work with clients in a particular way. 
More and more councillors these days are describing themselves as eclectic or integrative, meaning that in addition to their initial training, they've picked up ideas and skills from other counselling models and try to integrate these into their practice for the benefit of the client. Rather than sticking rigidly to one model, they tend to go with whatever suits the particular client best. For most clients, the model used is not the big issue. The therapeutic relationship they form with the practitioner is far, far more important. However, for some people, knowing the kind of counsellor they're going to is likely to be important. Ask about any areas of expertise. Some clients are not particularly able initially to identify their problems and value the chance just to explore with a trained professional. However, there are others that are well aware of the particular areas they want to work on and they're looking for specific and skillful help. If you and your partner are attending, you may wish to see someone who has both training in and experience of working with couples. If you're struggling with an addiction or with obsessive compulsive disorder, for example, you may wish to assure yourself that the counsellor you are seeing has experience of working with clients in these areas. Ask about record keeping. What records does your counsellor keep? How are they stored? For how long are they stored? If they're kept on a computer, ask about whether or not they're encrypted. If the answer is no, then any technician at the local computer shop is likely to be able to read your records every time the computer is taken in for a memory upgrade or to fix a hard drive failure. If they're kept in a filing cabinet, is it one which is securely locked? Ask about professionalism. How professional is your counsellor in terms of his or her honesty? In advertising? In openness about charges? In willingness to offer receipts for payment? In making and keeping appointments and timekeeping? Does your counsellor have professional insurance to operate? If boundaries are crossed here, they may also be crossed later on in therapy. Ask about confidentiality. If you're not told, ask about the confidentiality and policy in operation with your therapist. Confidentiality is not the same as absolute secrecy. There may be occasions when any professional counsellor may need to talk to other trusted professionals about something that takes place during the session. Find out what these occasions are and assure yourself that you understand them and are comfortable with them. Find out about a code of ethical practice and whether your counsellor operates to one. Find out whether the, he has a, or she has a code of ethical practice which spells out his or her requirement to work in your best interests at all times and which often advises on acceptable practice in situations which may initially appear ambiguous. Any counsellor who is a member of a national professional body will almost certainly be required to agree to a code of professional conduct before becoming a member. Ask about accountability. There are two ways in which any reputable counsellor operating in a private practice is accountable for his or her practice. Membership of a professional body means that clients can complain and if the complaint is upheld, gain some form of redress. In the UK, the ultimate sanction is removal from membership of the professional body. Readers of newsletters and journals produced by the professional bodies will know that this does, in fact, happen on a regular basis. The second, more immediate form of accountability is through regular supervision, clinical supervision. 
Reputable counsellors are required to meet regularly with experienced practitioners who will question and support ways of working with particular clients and monitor practice. For example, BACP members are required to have at least one and a half hours supervision a month. When an individual is encouraged to be vulnerable on a regular basis with another human being, it's inevitable that the level of intimacy between the two increases. In order to protect herself or himself, potential clients should make more efforts to ensure that the person they're planning to see has sufficient knowledge, experience, skill and protective structures in place to make it very, very likely that the counselling experience will be therapeutic rather than damaging. Don't be afraid to ask questions. They're important. And any reputable counsellor will be happy to ask and to explain and to spend time explaining the answers.